further hesitation, I want us to welcome. It's so good to have Sister Oliver today. Now, uh, we've had the Olivers many, many times, and and we'll have them many times more. Uh, but she just like family around here. She's one of us. She loves this church, and this church loves her. Would you welcome Vicki Oliver, our great friend and great lady of God today, as she ministers. Praise the Lord. You can be seated and rest yourself a bit. What a great feeling in the house today. The Lord gave me something just for you. I want you to relax. Church ought to be fun. Ought to be enjoyable. A lot of smiling faces out there, but some of you look like you're at the funeral home. Notify your face that you're happy to be here. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else on Pentecost Sunday than with you. And uh, you get tired of it, you just have to tell Pastor because he said, until Jesus comes, keep Pentecost Sunday on my calendar until Jesus comes or I start worshiping Buddha. And I quote, that's what he said many years ago. And every year people call and ask me for Pentecost Sunday and I say, no, I'm going to be in Salem on Pentecost Sunday. And I'm very thankful for every one of those times we shared together. You're part of the family. I'm part of the family. This is a safe place today. We can be real with one another. This is not like being on the job. This is not like being out in the world. We're part of a family. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the body of Christ. I learned something when I came to Illinois. I love the state of Illinois. I spent a lot of time ministering in this state, and I learned something new. I was driving along, and I used that my, tried to use my time wisely, and I had a call to make, and it was an extensive call, so for about 15, 20 minutes, I was on the phone, and I pulled off into McDonald's to um, get me a coffee, and I pulled in the space, and I was closing my conversation with my son-in-law, and a black SUV pulled in beside me so close that I could not get my door open, and I looked over, and here is this big, gruff man, um, you know, muscles and mean-looking, burr haircut, mean-looking fella, and and I can't get my door open, and he's just glaring at me. And I said to my son-in-law, stay on the phone with me a moment. I'm going to get out my, my, my pepper spray. And so I got my little pink pepper spray out of my purse, and, and uh, I put my window down just a little bit, and, and I said, stay on the phone with me while I find out what the problem is. And so when I put my mind down, this man over here put his all the way down, and I said, can I help you, sir? I have my pepper spray right here. My phone was laying in my lap, and he said, I am a police officer, and you have been talking on your cell phone for about 20 minutes. And in the state of Illinois, it's a law. You cannot talk on your cell phone. I said, oh, thank God you're not going to mug me. <laughs> and he 
laugh. Then he said, I guess that was pretty frightening the way I approached you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ma'am. See how I turned that on him? <laughs> and he said, I'm going to just give you a warning, but you can't even have that phone in your hand for directions. You can't have it in your hand while you're... I said, I am so sorry. I didn't know that. And so he let me go. Yeah, praise the Lord. But I learned something new this time in the state of Illinois. And I think that's a marvelous thing because I see a lot of big truck drivers texting. Coming in my lane, so on. So I'm not against that, but I just had to share that with you that every time I come to Illinois, I learn something new. <laughs> and I was very thankful for the mercy showed me. My son-in-law was laughing hysterically when I came back to the phone. I said, really, Mom, you're not going to mug me? <laughs> oh, one more adventure. We're family. I just told a, a story. We sit around and tell stories. We eat food. We go from house to house and fellowship. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says, You know what it says. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Just stop right there. When the day of the family reunion had arrived, they all gathered in the same place they'd been gathering for the family reunion. We are a family. And today my message on Pentecost Sunday for you is, this is a family reunion. I've set up the table up here. I've been waiting for you to get here because we're going to have a family reunion. And you know, there's always things to talk about and there's good food to eat. And so we're going to set it all up here. We got the KFC and... The potato salad and the baked beans. Now don't get hungry on me. There'll be plenty of time to eat in a little while. But I, I got it all ready for you. You didn't know today that when you got ready for church, you were coming to a family reunion. The first one took place on the day of Pentecost. They had just watched Jesus ascend into the heavens. He was gone. Can you imagine their dismay? They fell in love with Him. They had followed Him. They'd watched Him. He was the... The patriarch of the family. All of us have a family where there's someone, an elder in our family that we esteem highly. He, he or she or they are the patriarchs of the family. And when we gather together, we listen to their words of wisdom and we gravitate toward them. Why? Because they're the leader. They had just watched their leader go. They did not say, Jesus is gone, so we can't have these reunions anymore. When the elder dies, you don't stop having family reunions. You get together and you miss the fact that the patriarch of your family is not there, but you realize there will be others that will step into that place. And you keep having reunions. It's important. It could have scattered and divided right then. But they came together in the upper room. The cynical, it was called. A dining room. 
It was on Mount Zion in Old Town, Jerusalem. We don't know for fact that it was the same room that they held the Passover and all their other meetings in. The Bible doesn't say that. But we can surely assume it probably was because that's where they met every year at the same state park for their family reunion. That's where they met. So we can assume it was probably the same place. Why didn't the author let us know for sure? Because I believe that Jesus wanted us to know He cannot be housed in a certain room, in a certain church, in a certain house, in a certain place. This is a worldwide family. He's in Africa. He's in Asia. He's all over the world. He cannot be housed in one individual spot. But this happens to be where we are today. And every time we come to church, we ought to come to celebrate the family reunion. To remember why we're here. It ought to be a time of reminiscing. Remember what happened way back then? All it takes is one mind and one accord. I love that, the verse on that song. I love that. Put away the distractions. Some of us cannot sit through church without getting out the cell phone. Mine is turned off and it's in my purse and I am not the least bit interested how many text messages or posts I have waiting on me when I get done. We have got to learn to control ourselves and remember this is precious time with the family. When you and I get together, this is precious time on Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an awful thing it would be. The family only meets once a year. You get together at the state park. You put out the potato salad and the chicken. And everybody sits around on their cell phone. Don't get me on that soapbox. We can't hardly sit at the dinner table anymore. And we have empowered our young people. And made them think somehow that's all right. A lot of you, I looked in your eyes today when you passed me, and, and I'm an old lady, and you're, you're not children anymore. But I was there when a lot of you had your Pentecostal experience. Your faces came to my mind at junior youth camp and here in this church and I was there when you received it and I watched you in church and some of you won't even get up and stand up and worship the Lord what happened to your Pentecost what happened to your experience when we come together we need to push past every distraction everything that's going on in our life every worry every problem we have and lift our hands and say I've come to worship my king the Lord of Lords he sits on the throne of my heart nothing else matters while we're here hallelujah the family reunion get together family reunion and everybody wondering who will show up this year everybody be there pop and mom coming they're going to make it till the next family reunion everybody wondering who will show up and everybody gathers together and they start unloading their, their food and and it's a wonderful time to see everybody. Then there's always those people nobody wants to see. Oh, you're laughing because you got them in your family too? We hope they don't come. <laughs> there's always those people that sit on the other side of the shelter house and they don't talk to anybody. They think they're a little better than everybody else. They're only there because they have the same name. See, we gather together for a family reunion because we all have the same name. There's a name involved here today. 
you're part of the family reunion because we all got the same name. So they may think they're better than everybody else, but they're not. They're not. They got the same name. When you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, your last name becomes Jesus Christ. You become the bride of Christ, part of the church. Hallelujah. We all have the same name. So there shouldn't be anybody who can't talk to somebody on the other side of the church. No one that we can't forgive, that we can't let it go, that we can't put it under the blood because we're all part of a family. That family reunion last year. Somebody called me over. Tell by the look on her face what it was going to be. Did you see those people actually brought strangers with them? They brought some friends. They didn't bring enough food for their friends to eat too. And those people aren't a part of our family. And they actually invited their neighbors to come. They are up there eating our fried chicken. They're eating our potato salad. Now what are you going to do about it? I said, wouldn't it be a grand opportunity? For somebody that don't have the family name to be engrafted in, to eat of the food and drink of the water, and to become a part of this body. You and I need to shake ourselves and remember this is about getting somebody else to come so they can have their Pentecost. You and I have had ours. It was a wonderful thing to watch those folks feel at home. Watch them fill their plate up. Watch them play games and talk and fellowship and become a part of the family. Jesus engrafts folks in. Once you take on His name, you don't have to get good to get it. You just belong here. If you sit in the back and you feel like you're not a part, friend, you are a part. You're part of this family reunion. You are wanted. You are loved. Today's your day. Hallelujah. Family reunion. Simple thought today the Lord gave me for you. We just come together to celebrate. 23 years of traveling, full-time ministry. I've gotten to be a part of family reunions all over the world. I found out they're having Day of Pentecost family reunions in Africa. In Malawi, Africa, and Uganda, Africa, in the orphanages, I saw 1,500 little orphans filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It swept in like a mighty rushing wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each one of those babies. They were all filled, all filled with the Holy Ghost as the Spirit gave them utterance. Their little hands shaking. They were reaching inside the windows. Why? Because they were having their family reunion. Jesus puts it on the calendar. He's the one that draws and calls. You don't have the ability to come to Him. He draws you. So when he's got you in a place where he's working on you, where he's stirring you up, where he's talking to you, like today the Holy Ghost is here and it's drawing. And if he says to you, today's the day I'm going to deliver you. Today's the day I'm going to fill you. 
If those thoughts begin to come to your mind, today's the day to go this way and not that way. When, we're, when we say let's stand, today's the day to move forward. If he's talking to you, that's him drawing. And you have the ability to turn around and say, no, I don't want it. But he doesn't ever have to draw you again. That's a scary thought. We need to respond when he draws us. Respond when he moves on us. Respond when we feel his presence. Hallelujah. It's a family reunion. They were all with one accord. That meant they put their cell phones up. That meant they weren't worried about what's happening later. They weren't thinking about dinner. They weren't thinking about what they're going to do tomorrow. They weren't worried about their job. They weren't worried about getting home, getting the brakes put on the car. They weren't worried about anything. They were, that's the only thing that keeps us from a Holy Ghost out infilling today. A rushing mighty wind. Wouldn't you like to see it just like they saw it? Why do you think Jesus just fills one here and one there and one? We, we, we are so happy when we give an altar call and 22 people line up up front and 18 of them get the Holy Ghost individually, one at a time, somebody working with them, somebody helping them, somebody laying on hand, and, and we work and work it, work it, and boy, we feel real good because we accomplished something. God really used me because I worked it. That was never what he wanted never his design i teach altar training classes i feel guilty every time i teach them because there shouldn't be any need for any altar training classes there shouldn't be any need for any altar workers that is not even in scripture we have devised that why because we are so distracted what are we distracted by no the bugs in the chicken Rubber bugs all over the floor, in case you're wondering. At least I didn't throw them in the congregation. We're distracted by the little things that the enemy has brought. And he slid in the door. And he slid under the door. And we can't even focus. And we can't have good old-fashioned church anymore. We don't get in here and just sweat and, and pray and worship and run the aisles and talk in tongues like we used to. And I hesitate because what happens, there are people all of a sudden start closing me out and said, yep. Sister Oliver's crossed the line. She got that gray hair talking about how it used to be. How do you know that people say that? Because I used to say it. Sister Oliver's crossed the line. She's thumping the Bible saying, Oh, bless God, it used to be awesome. Know what I'm telling you? It is still awesome. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you and I will get the pests out of our life, get our mind focused on Him, He will sweep in this house. He will fill everyone with the Holy Ghost. There will be people laid out in the aisles again. There'll be people running the sanctuary again. There'll be old-fashioned outpouring of the spirit but it's up to you and I I can't do what I used to do I used to run all over the building imagine that 
I used to shout my hair down. Bobby pins all over the floor. Let me tell you something. I'm still running on the inside. I'm still shouting on the inside. But I need some of you young people to take my place. I don't have the energy anymore. I need some of you young people to take my place. We need to stir this thing up and have a real Pentecostal experience again. An experience that will draw men and women. They'll want what we have. I'm eating up with this today. I am absolutely eating up with it. I've crossed a line where I am watching God do something in this last hour. Right before our eyes, there's a great falling away. There's sin being revealed. If you're living a life of sin, a double life, God's fixing to reveal you. You might as well come to your pastor. Say, Pastor, I've had this hidden sin. I've been doing this thing for years. i got to have help. You better confess. Get it on the altar. Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live a double life. Here it is. Confess it. Because it's going to be revealed. It's revealed because He loves you. He's trying to get you ready for heaven. But we've had bugs in the chicken too long. We've had bugs in the chicken too long. We eat the chicken and leave the bugs in the box. We don't want anybody to see the bugs. There's stuff that's gotten in. And there's a great falling away. People are, are being held to make a decision. Light or darkness, they don't mix. You're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Make a choice. Today's the day of choice. God is calling us and drawing us to make a choice. The second thing that's happening is the great outpouring. It's going on. I'm seeing it every weekend. And what I am finding is if we get in one mind and one accord, if we forget about life and all this temporal things, all the carnal things, all the things that, that consume us, if we start praying, if we start dedicating ourselves, if we start making him number one, you know, you, this is not an option. You don't decide, I'm not going to the reunion this time. What are you teaching your children? You teaching them? Wednesday night's not really that important. Tuesday night, midweek's not that important. Just, you know, Sunday's important. So what are you teaching them? Well, we have ball that night. We can't, we can't go because we have ball. What are you teaching them? Because their children's going to embrace it totally. They'll never be here in midweek. You have them coming sometimes. Their children, your grandchildren, you'll watch your grandchildren never show up. We got to get a hold of ourselves. We got to get the bugs out of the chicken. What are we putting first? This media has taken a hold. And I am looking into the eyes of people that know what I'm talking about. Listen, don't be dumb. Don't let the devil's device win. Do not let your children have media, have internet in the bedroom with the door shut. Get the internet out of their hands at night. The chargers ought to be in mom and dad's room. I'm going over here because they hate me now. 
You have no business with a cell phone, an iPad, internet in your bedroom at night. It's like giving them a loaded gun. You take those devices away at bedtime. They need to sleep. There are children that are not sleeping at night. They're up till 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning because they got a screen shining all night long, playing video games, looking at Facebook. You know everything on Facebook is not true. And do you know that most of it is just what we want people to think, what we want them to see? A lot of you have noticed I've taken sabbatical. I am off Facebook. I have been set free. I am not watching everything you eat for dinner any longer. It is not really that important to me. And I have decided that I was spending way too much time on there. And so I'm not going to go on there and find out what you had for dinner, where you went on vacation. You're not going to put on there the knockdown, drag out fight you had. That's not what you're putting on there. But when you paint your dining room, you're going to show me that. You buy some new dishes, I'm going to get to see those. And then you got people that are looking at that saying, why don't I have new dishes? Why can't I afford to paint my dining room? Why can't I afford to go, go on a cruise? Why? Well, Jesus must not love me as much as he loves them because I can't do all that. Are you pre preaching against Facebook? Absolutely not. That would be so retarded because you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. But I am just warning you, don't let bugs get in the chicken. We can't even have a family reunion because there's bugs in the chicken. Everybody comes with bugs in their food. And we, and we put lids on them and we cover them. And oh, well, we brought our beautiful little covers. You see, we all know how to do it by now. We know how to dress. We know how to act. We got to look. You wonder what that You thought that was a lampshade. Oh, no. That's a cover. See, we're keeping the bugs out of the chicken, Sister Oliver. No, they're already in the chicken. It won't help to put a cover on it when they're already in. It's time to make some changes. Clean out the video cabinet. Dis, dis. Get rid of direct TV. Yeah. I'm just trying to help you to get in one mind and one accord. We can't even go an evening without Hulu, without Netflix. We, we can't go one. Well, we got to decompress, Sister Oliver. Then get your Bible out. Get on your knees in your prayer closet. Do your children hear you pray? Do they hear you talking in tongues in your home? Are you living a life, an example that you want them to see? I'm trying to help you today because we want the family reunion, but we don't want to be in one mind and one accord. I'm witnessing folks that want the Holy Ghost line up. I don't even have altar workers come anymore. I don't even come down off the platform. Close your eyes, lift your face, and raise your hands. Bring your heart to Jesus. You may not be hungry, but the world is. They've had bugs in their chicken forever. So they came here to eat good stuff. I just instruct them to bring their heart to Jesus. You didn't think I'd come without my hearts, did you? Still works the same way. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Sorry for the bad things I've done. Please forgive me. I want to do right. I want to live right. I want to give you my heart. 
the blood still flows the moment you ask him to forgive you. With one sweep of his hand, he cleans out your heart. He leaves a clean, empty spot that he can move in. Hallelujah. He won't move in a dirty heart. All you have to do is ask him, and he'll clean it out. And then I instruct those people to begin to thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for cleaning out my heart. Thank you for forgiving me. And I instruct those people. You're at a family reunion. And the Holy Ghost, like a mighty rushing wind, is getting ready to fill the house. And when I say, receive ye the Holy Ghost, I am watching every weekend, 20s, 30s, 40s, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, just like on the day of Pentecost, on the first reunion, they begin to speak with other tongues in another language, that means words they'd never spoken before. I'm watching Jesus pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. I've seen it in the island of Guam, Ponape, Saipan, Koshai, Australia, in Sydney, in Melbourne. I've seen it in Africa. I'm seeing it all over the world. In Paris, France, He's still pouring Pouring out His Spirit. Folks are having family reunions all over the world. Don't you want to be a part? We're not having to pray people through. We're, we're, we've crossed over into a new place in our movement. If we will realize it, people are going to start getting the Holy Ghost sitting in the chair. They're going to start getting it in the song service. People are going to be drawn in off the street. You and I that are content with bugs in the chicken, we'll just sit. But God's bringing in a whole new church, an end time apostolic church that just wants Jesus. Oh, They just want Jesus. They want something real. I don't want to be lost. Because I no longer have the ability to get in one mind and one accord. We come to service after service and we're not in one mind and one accord. We don't have the ability to plug in to worship our guts out. To think only about Him while we're here. To love on Him. To put Him first. To let the Holy Ghost get in our hands and get in our feet. To let the Holy Ghost absolutely saturate our old flesh. You want deliverance? That's how it happens. Get yourself saturated with the Holy Ghost. Everything else has to go. In the worst times of your life, get yourself saturated with the Holy Ghost. Don't run out the door. Run this way. 
The same formula still works and it's still very simple. Every answer comes at the foot of the cross. But you and I have to somehow get into the flow. We have to decide, I need Jesus. I've witnessed I've witnessed, so I know it still happened. The rushing mighty wind. All. All felt. I've witnessed it. So how long has it been since it's happened here? That's not the pastor's fault. Not the musician's fault. Music is tremendous. The leadership is the best. It's up to you and I. We have to get hungry enough for more of him that nothing else matters. And no one else around us can influence our worship, our dedication, that we show on the outside what's on the inside. That we don't worry about what anybody else thinks. That we pour ourselves into this thing. That we are here every time the doors are open. That we pray and talk to Him by times throughout every day. It's relationship with Him, the leader of our family. It's relationship. So that His goodness can live on to the next generation. They're only going to do what you everybody says well the children the young people they're the leaders of the church if they'll just get up and worship everybody they inspire everybody else they may inspire everybody else but they're they're looking to you they're looking to you how long has it been since you ran the aisles since and i'm not talking about just running with a grin on your face i'm talking about where you lose yourself Maybe some of you never done that. Y'all experience it. Where you lose yourself. You don't even know hardly you're doing it. Because of the power of the Holy Ghost coursing through every fiber of your body. You're up shouting and dancing. And you, you just almost can't control it. Like David danced. When, when she made fun of him. Because he was just taking his coat off, his robe off. And he was just, he just losing it. How long has it been since you just lost it in the presence of the Lord? Do you have to wait till camp? Do you have to wait till National Youth Congress? This is the family reunion. What if this is our last service? Our last reunion? What if it's almost time to go home? You're not even going to like heaven if you can't do this down here. It's going to be one continuous family reunion up there with every tribe and every nation. Around the throne. Family reunion. Would you come and play and give these people hope? Shirley Russell. Answered the door. We were out. Knocking on doors. I was knocking on doors like most people do. I hope nobody answers. I was doing it out of obedience. We had a little survey. 
who were asking questions as we went door to door. Another little method to try to get people to take Bible study. I was sticking things in the doors and running. The very last house, Shirley Russell answered. I said, hello, I'm so-and-so from such and such, and I have some questions here, a little survey. I would like to ask you a few questions. It'll only take a couple minutes of your time. Would you mind doing that? Not at all. Do you believe that the Bible is God's infallible word? Yes, I do. Do you believe blah, 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 blah. Question 10. If Jesus came back today, would you be ready to meet him? I'm waiting to write her answer down. I hear sniffling. Tears are pouring down Shirley's cheek. I know I'm not ready to meet him. I said, well, we can fix that. Our church has these Bible studies that we teach. Someone will come to your home one hour a week. Your convenience won't take very long. But you will find out how to be ready. I want that. I went back to the pastor's office, threatened like a peacock. Well, pastor, I got you a Bible study. Yep, did real good today. Out knocking on doors, got a Bible study. He said, you're going to teach it. Your Bible study. I teach Sunday school. I don't teach Bible study. No, you're going to teach it. Gave me a little chart. I studied it a little bit, and I was nervous wreck. Went back on Wednesday night, and I sat down at the coffee table and gave the worst rendition of the first lesson of search for truth that was ever given on creation. And they sat with the tears rolling down their cheeks. That's the most wonderful thing I've ever heard. Like, wow. See, they're hungry. We think they're not hungry because we're not. They're hungry. They want truth. But we wonder, could you come back on Thursday night? Because my sister Diane is here and she's, she's got to go home on Friday. She's got to go back to Chicago. Could you come back Thursday night and just tell us how to be ready for heaven? How to be safe? I said, sure, we can, we can do that. Went right back to the pastor. Well, these people want to know how to be saved, so they want you to come on Thursday night. Seven o'clock on Thursday night because her sister Diane's going home and pastor handed me into his marvelous light. Little tiny one-hour Bible study on salvation. He said, you study that one and take that one over there. You know what? I didn't get mad and go to the church up the road and say, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Because I'm part of this family. You don't leave this church. This is your church. It ought to be like pulling teeth to get you out of your church. Because you're born into a family and that's your family. This is your family. You don't leave this church. Now, I'm not going to qualify with all the reasons that might be okay. That's not what I'm talking about. So I took into his marvelous light and I studied and I was a nervous wreck. I went back over. Thursday night when they opened the door, here's... Shirley Russell and her sister Diane 
four children and grandma in the rocking grandma's asleep she's rocking back and forth and in her 80s she's asleep there was no place to sit I sat down at the coffee table on the floor sat on the floor opened up my little book of my bible in front of me and Jesus had it on his calendar he was drawing they didn't decide he decided and I read a little bit of the book of Acts and the anointing hit me and I closed that little marvelous light book and I said let me tell you what happened to me I was nine years old sitting on the front row there was an evangelist brother Billy Cole that was preaching and he made it so simple that even a little girl could understand that I wasn't going to heaven because my mom and daddy were I began to tell my personal testimony I was just talking about my personal reunion when I was engrafted into the body, when I took on the family name. And nobody can tell your story like you can tell. When's the last time you told the man at the hardware store what happened to you? The ca cashier at the restaurant or at the, at the Walmart. When's the last time you told somebody? You realize those people are going to see us one day in the judgment and turn and look and say, why? I worked with you every day and you never told me. What can you lose? They say, I'm not interested. Okay, I love you anyway. What can you lose? It's time to tell our world. Because Jesus is setting up these Jesus moments. Because it's on his calendar. Because it's almost over. If it doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen. This is it. This is the greatest opportunity the church has ever known. I'm in the middle of my little testimony. I finally get to the part where I was speaking words I'd never spoken before. Jesus moved in my heart and filled me all the way up to here. And my lip and tongue started wiggling. These strange words came to my mind. And I just opened my mouth and said them right out of my mouth. And all of a sudden, I told you I witnessed it. I mean like a rushing wind. Something moved in that little living room. Shirley Russell threw her hands in the air. She began to weep. The next thing I know she's speaking with other tongues as the spirit gave utterance. She didn't have to understand it all. She didn't need a 10 week Bible study. He had a date on his calendar. Her sister Diane stood to her feet and began to speak with other tongues. All those children were weeping and crying sitting on the couch ages 8 to 14. All four of them began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave utterance. Why? Because it's a reunion. It's been happening for over 2,000 years. And it's going to continue until Jesus comes. It filled the house. Grandma's sitting in a rocking chair asleep. I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm just beside myself. I'm cutting a rug. I'm shouting and dancing and it was just wonderful. And all of a sudden, I hear. Ah! Grandma woke up. She stood up in front of that rocking chair with her cane. She said, 
I got the Holy Ghost over 60 years ago and I never told anybody and I'm feeling it now and grandma started shouting and dancing all over that living room speaking with other tongues refilled with the Holy Ghost she'd just been waiting for a family reunion she'd prayed for her family for years so everybody's talking in tongues everybody in the whole room is talking in tongues that's how it's supposed to be. One mind and one accord. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing today if the Holy Ghost just swept over this place? And if all of us spoke in tongues, Salem wouldn't stand a chance. It still happens. All of a sudden, the screen door burst open. Uncle Charlie was up at the beer joint. He was drunk as a skunk. He comes stumbling in because there's always going to be bugs in the chicken. He walked in that screen door. He took one look at me and looked around what was going on. His eyes got real big. He said, this is blasphemy. Get this woman out of this house. This is blasphemy. He reeked of alcohol. And I... Didn't have time to find my cell phone and call my pastor. You have power. The Holy Ghost is given with power. We're not getting deliverance because we don't have power anymore. We're so out from under submission that we don't have authority. Our families are such a mess. There's so much bugs in the chicken. People watching pornography. Pe people looking at dirty books. People doing things behind closed doors. We got so many bugs in the chicken, we don't have any authority anymore. That's why I'm telling you we got a clean house. So we have pure religion again. We have Jesus in the middle of it all. Where we have relationship with Him again. Because He works in that realm. I don't... I don't. I don't know what to do. So I had done what I'd seen the patriarchs of the family do. They weren't there. They've gone on. It's my turn now. It's your turn now. I've got about five or six more years of the kind of ministry I'm doing right now. The Lord's already shown me. It's your turn now. I did what the old patriarchs did. In the name of Jesus, you old spirit of alcoholism, you drunken spirit, you loose that man and let him go. Uncle Charlie went out in the floor, speaking with other tongues as the spirit gave utterance. He's down on the rug, wallering on the floor. Oh, he's in his right mind. You can't even smell the alcohol. You tell me Jesus won't still do it. He'll still do it. He has not changed. It's you and I that change. He never changes. Uncle Charlie jumped up, clothed and in his right mind. He said, wow, it's been a lot of years since I felt that. I got to get back to where I belong. Nine months after that, he was sitting on the platform playing the bass guitar. They're still living for God today. Shirley Russell, her four children, her sister Diane. This is real, folks. It's real. 
It was real then and it's real now. It'll be real until we go up with the real one. Stand to your feet. They're going to get ready to play. They're going to get ready to sing. If you need the Holy Ghost today, it's just going to hit you. You're not going to have to wait for it, beg for it, tarry for it. It's here. I would like for you to go ahead and move to the front if you want the Holy Ghost because it's going to fall from the front to the back. But we'd like to witness it and rejoice with you.